Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan, joined on the phone this week, live from Canada, it's Fergus Craig. Hi, Paul. Hi. Now, when I rang you, you sounded very tired because you were about to go for your afternoon nap. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yes. Um, Are you dying as well? I am dying as well. Sorry, I've got a slight cough. Um, yeah, I was getting a bit sleepy. That I was, I was thinking of having a nap. I'd say, <laughs> and then I remembered we had to do this. I would say if you get the chance to have a nap in the daytime, always do it. Nap or wank? Yeah, or a nank. Either the uh, the uncomfortable middle ground. Mm. Speaking of being yeah. asleep at three in the afternoon, which is what it is over there. It doesn't really hold up because we played at half five on Saturday, but go with this. We played mm-hmm. Brighton and Hove Albion at home and drew nil-nil. Did you see the game? I was on a main beach, as in main... Main the place. Main the place in the USA. Oh. And uh, for the first half. Um, but I was able to get back for most of the second half. And... Boy, am I glad I did. To be fair, you probably did it the right way around. If you were only going to see one half of that game, the second half is the one where Newcastle looked better. Certainly. I mean, from everything I was picking up, from what I was reading, uh, it was a terrible, uninspired performance. And what I saw wasn't brilliant, but... We at least look threatening, and for the last 10, 15 minutes, I thought like we looked like the team most likely to score. Yes. Um, but I know that the rest of the game didn't really reflect that, and well, I have, um, of course, seen highlights of the rest of the game. The highlights the didn't really do it justice, but the main thing that seems to come out of it is we had 29% possession at home against Brighton. And it's, uh, it's caused Steve Bruce afterwards to say we're going to stop trying to play on the front foot 
you kind of think if we're on the front foot and getting 29% and something's clearly not working. Is that genuinely what he's saying? Yeah, he said we're going to stop playing on the front foot. We've got the least possession in the league. And that's not necessarily a problem. I mean, under Benitez, we weren't exactly free-flowing. But we talked in the last pod about the need to have a plan for how to get three points in those sort of games because that's what's really going to decide our season. And it it didn't look good. No. Um, From what I saw, uh, yes, low possession is uh, worrying when it's that low at home against Brighton. And yes, tactically, doesn't seem like we quite know what we're aiming for. But um, finishing was pretty worrying as well. Yeah. We have like, I know, uh, what am I saying here? We have, for the first time in ages, spent quite a lot of money on a strike force. Yeah, 14 million on Jalinton, and Almiron wasn't exactly cheap either. He was our record signing at the time of signing. He was 20-something million. And, I mean, Almiron's been there a while now, and he does, I mean, we keep talking about this, but he does not look confident in front of goal. No, he he desperately needs to go. He had a very good chance. He seems to get at least one a game, and it, wasn't the easiest but he just hit it straight at the keeper and you think if if he gets that chance for Paraguay that goes in he just can't seem to buy a goal but he desperately needs one his stats are really bad he does seem to like every time he gets the ball he looks quite threatening yeah Uh, you can see he's one of those players he's not like one of those players where you cannot you just can't see where their abilities are He's sort of the opposite you know, to Perez in a way. Because Perez, a lot of the time, right. you'd see him lose the ball and you'd think he just doesn't look that good. But he'd get double figures like two seasons in a row. No, Almiron, he'll do something relatively exciting. He'll certainly show you his pace and his close control. And then he'll just either not know what to do or he'll just give it away. Yeah. It is. I think he's. Crea- I think I saw he's. Ha- he has created so far this season one chance. Wow. <laughs> it's quite an odd thing that I don't think any of us saw coming. That our slickest looking attacking player seems to be Christian Atsu, who we'd yeah, written off my... last season, having reacted to saying he was better than expected the season before, having written him off the season before that. Yeah, and. And that is saying something. I mean, yes, he has been pretty good for us this season, but he hasn't been amazing. No. He's just compared with everyone else. Um, i tell you what was amazing in this game. Fabian Scher's goal line clearance. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, it was phenomenal. That's two this season he's had. He had one against Spurs as well. I hope he can sustain this. He is quite a player, isn't he? Yeah, my worry is... I can sort of see next season he's probably going to be at Watford or Everton or somewhere like that. And in the uh, Daryl Yanmat mould of leaving Newcastle, being fairly underwhelming but okay, 
Whereas I think he's probably at his best at the moment. But he just looks amazing. Yeah, classy player and quite an athlete. Um, St. Maximin. Yes. When he came on, he was phenomenal, I thought. Yeah, he seems to be able to beat kind of not just one man, but two or three, which I think we're going to need this season because tactically, tactically we're not going to outsmart many teams, I worry, under Bruce. So we're going to need moments of inspiration. He's, he's the closest thing we've seen so far, I know it's early, to Hatton Ben Arthur for a long time. He, something is very wrong when Newcastle don't have uh, a sort of... Uh, unpredictable French left-sided player. Exactly. That is sort of all we ask for. All the way back to the days of Jackie Milburn. We've always had. <laughs> Jackie Milburn had Charles de Gaulle on the left. You mean Jacques Milburn? Surely. Yeah. We've always had. But ever since Ginola, it is quite incredible. We've had yeah. so many left-sided and then who's... In, even in Zogbia, I guess you could say. In Zogbia. Kabea. Uh, yeah, Tovan. Tovan. Kabea I mean, and Tovan were worryingly, Bernard. sort of predictably poor. But at other clubs, they were definitely a lot better. But, yeah, it's it's, it feels nice to have that back. I mean... Dave not has... only unlike Almir, uh, sorry, uh, unlike Almiron, not only does he beat a couple of players, but he he does actually appear to be able to put in a a, a decent ball. And, yeah, uh, I think a lot uh, of our um, success this season is going to depend on Saint Maximin. Yeah, so I would personally, at this stage, it would. I, I can imagine it would it'd be a brave move for Steve Bruce to make, but I think he's at that point now where he'd have to. I would drop Almiron for St. Maximin. If St. Maximin is fit to start, yeah. Almiron would be the one who'd lose out on a place for me. I think you're right. Almiron is probably one of, if not our most talented players, but it's just not working at the minute. You feel like, take him out of the limelight for a bit, bring him on against sort of more tired legs and you've got more of a chance of him getting that goal. Yeah. I certainly don't want to write him off. No, I think he will come good. But I think St. Maximin, the worry is he went off or after the game, he was holding his hamstring. He'd only just come back from injury. I hope we've not rushed him back too soon and then he's going to be out again. Sure. I don't want to rush him back. But at the moment, uh, of our front players, Almiron is the one who is least earning his place. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And um, another forward player who we got to see, the new signing, yeah. Andy Carroll. Yeah, I've been hearing about him for years. He's come out, he's come from our youth, yeah. right? In a way, yes. I mean, we have got a few youth players in our team now. If you think Longstaff, Dummett, Carroll sort of worked. Carroll's just been around a bit and then come back. 
I'll be honest, getting 10 minutes out Being of around him, a bit in more ways than one, not just in a football oh, yeah. sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a, lot of his, a lot of his interviews uh, coming back, he just, he just keeps on... The party line is that he's matured now. Yeah, he's I saw that. Mature. But he saw that. Was like, he... He wasn't like Craig Bellamy or something like that. He wasn't malicious before. He was clearly just a bit I think wayward. He was just a, I think he was a bit of a shagger. Yeah. I think that's what the implication was. It's a weird thing to come out admitting, though. Like, I just want everyone to know I've stopped shagging. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I've just eaten a wasabi nut, which is very unprofessional while talking. Please, please Phil. That's incredible. My brother once went on his first date uh, with a girl. Uh, They went for sushi, and he'd never been for sushi. And uh, there was, you it know, sounds a little, like Billy Elliot already. Yeah, and there was a little green, a roll of green stuff, a little ball of green stuff on his plate, and he thought, "Oh, I'll try that." He put it straight in his mouth. He he, he ate like a whole wasabi <laughs> <laughs> lump. Uh, there's that story. I'm not sure if it's actually true or just a sort of urban. Not urban myth, but like apothecal, apocryphal or apothecal, whichever it is, about, mm. I think it was Mandelson or George Osborne on the campaign trail doing a photo op at a fish and chip shop and seeing the mushy peas going, thinking you get a lot of uh, wasabi with your fish here. <laughs> <laughs> I choose oh, to believe wow. it's true. That sounds like a, a joke, but might be true. Yeah. So, what? Anything else to say? I thought Brighton looked very good. They look the the problem yeah. I have with Newcastle at the minute, which I was talking. about, I went on the Whistleblowers podcast before this. Please do give it a listen, and I kind will. of unloaded about the state of Newcastle. And one thing that sort of struck me: I was staying with a friend who's a Spurs fan at the weekend, and he was saying the same thing about Newcastle. Like we don't really have a playing identity, and haven't had for a long time. I guess you could sort of say under Benitez, our identity was just very strict tactical shape and hope to nick something. But we, Brighton seem, after having a new manager for not that long, to already have an identity and a style of playing when they have the ball. I can't remember the last time we had that. So what is Brighton's identity? It's just sort of pressing and attacking. Seems to be anyway. That seems like that's everyone's identity. Not ours. Oh, apparently that is what we were trying. But there was, uh, did you see Paul Dummett going over to the bench saying this isn't working? I think after about 20 minutes. I heard about that. There seems to, I mean. Someone else. Maybe they were all, maybe they were all doing that. I think us trying to be on the front foot when we're a team that's only really played very deep for a while, you can't play a pressing game and have a really deep back line because then there's just huge gaps in the middle. And I think well, that's I'm, what Bruce was saying, wasn't he? He was saying there were two, the gaps were too big between the lines. Which I think is definitely right, but it, you shouldn't be finding that out during a game. That should be planned for. It seems to be either Bruce isn't setting us up right for games or the players just don't understand what they're meant to be doing. And neither of which is a good sign. 
yeah, there's not a lot to be positive about. No, I think I don't want to be too negative, <laughs> but I think the one the one biggest worry, if you can call it that, or the biggest disappointment is Shelby. I'm not sure Shelby can work in this team. What specifically you know, about well, you just, this team? Uh, well, if you look at last season when we played Man City, when we have five at the back and two in the middle, we had was it Hayden and Longstaff. And they were the ones Pep came out afterwards saying we just couldn't deal with the energy of those two. And I think we need that sort of performance in the middle. And you're never going to get that from Shelby. He can't really chase people down. He's not really got the positional awareness. All he wants to do is come deep, get the ball, spray it 70 yards to a runner. And we don't really have that luxury either. I think that's why Brighton were getting so much joy in the middle and just overrunning us because there was no one there. I guess with Longstaff injured, I mean, the only other option is Key, right? And key, or even, I would uh, push maybe prefer to see Matty Longstaff rather than Shelby if we're setting up with five and then two in the middle. Yeah, it's, from the outside, it, it's it's a risk, but no more than it was for Sean Longstaff uh, yeah. at this stage of last season. But I think Key looked, um, we looked more solid when Key came on. I don't think that was a coincidence. He came on around the same time as St. Maximin, but I don't think he was, I think he contributed to us looking more positive as well. Yeah. I think it's not really, well, actually one thing we'll talk about, we're going to have a quick break, but then we'll talk about the attendance because that was pretty remarkable, I think. And we'll discuss it after these messages. Hello and welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Fergus, you're still here? Just about. Hey, 43,000 was the attendance apparently at the weekend. The The official attendance. But and the, the consensus the that there were a lot less yeah there were a lot less there because of season ticket holders not turning out yeah do you think I mean it's not our less... lowest attendance for I can't remember what it's it like is, eight or nine years I think isn't it for a long time is the boycott kind of In a working Premier League game anyway I know it's not a, a planned boycott mm. like ones we've had before but it seems apathy has taken over. I'm not sure we're going to get many sellouts this season, if any. Do you think this is going to actually get through to the board in any way? Or is it really about that? No, no. I don't I don't see. Because at the same time as it uh, potentially changing Mike Ashley's mind, it also puts off buyers. Although I assume, I assume buyers would would think if it if it's anti Mike Ashley, then those crowds would go straight back up. So yeah, I think if you're a buyer looking at but, Newcastle, you sort of know if things are run half decently, you'll be getting fifty thousand yeah, every no, week. No, I t- I take that back. Um, I mean, you were saying just before we went on that it feels like uh, nothing will ever happen, no matter how crazy things are. Yeah, it's like in the in the same in every part of the world at the moment. 
like every day is just like this is insane this is outrageous this is unprecedented but nothing actually happens yeah trump brexit and mike ashley are sort of three three sides of the same triangle that makes it they all it just seems to be that thing where just people seem immovable if they've got a certain level of power of equal importance Mm. i just wish from a personal point of view i just wish greta uh thornberg (laughs) would would get off her ass and say something about mike ashley i i think she has if you read between the lines of what she's been saying it's about that isn't it yeah i mean I, i do agree she should be she should be fronting up on the issue not hiding away from it as though it's not. I mean, this is the pathetic thing about football supporters as well. Is like I do rank Newcastle's ownership up there with the problems of Brexit at the minute, in terms of how they impact my enjoyment. Which is a bit did ridiculous. you see the video of? Did you see the video of a Newcastle fan uh, accosting Mike Ashley outside of Prayer Manger? Yes. Uh, yes, for those who haven't seen it, I mean, it's not that exciting, but basically he, Mike Ashley's having, uh, you assume, some sort of business meeting sat outside Some of kind Pret of pastry. Looks like you're a billionaire and you go to That's, Pret. That seems, seems odd. Well, he's in touch with, um, he's in touch with the, the middle classes. <laughs> but Pret don't even he's, have fireplaces to vomit into. It's true. He was, of course, he was drinking a full-fat Coke. Uh-huh. I, know, I noticed. Um, but yeah, he, the, the fan was saying, you know, you've ruined my club, sell it. And he was just saying, please go away. Yeah. He must get so much. <laughs> he must be quite depressed. He should. Re- like, he should get every it. area of his life, <laughs> every area of his life is a failure at the moment, except for the fact he is still a billionaire. I mean, the fact that nothing seems able to shift him away from Newcastle, I don't think shouting at him outside Pret is going to be the the thing that tips the scales. But when you don't really know what to do and everything seems a bit hopeless, you might as well try shouting at him outside Pret. Yeah, the guy who the guy was was relatively polite, really, wasn't he? Yeah, it was more. It was more just sort of pleading. Please, you've ruined my club. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It kind of felt a bit awkward, which I guess is the yeah. intention. Anything on social media? Have we got to that we have stage? got some Twitter stuff. Uh, Dave has sent us an essay because he's not on the pod at the moment, but we do get this one. Has you've got the email, haven't you? As well, it's even got yes. a tactical drawing of what he thinks our strongest lineup seems Incredible. to be. Incredible. He doesn't. I'm assuming he's doing this at work. Because once be. he's home, this is this is my theory: is that because unlike you or I, Dave like goes to work every day to a place of work, like a schmo, like yeah, like another cog in the bloody machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he gets home, he is ha- handed uh, a baby. By his long-suffering wife. Yeah, I think so. Here, deal with this, you fucking monkey buster. 
Um, <laughs> I, I think that's not. exactly how it goes when he gets through the door. I want to yeah. talk about the tune. Let us go on the pod. No. <laughs> and then a row. No. For the, for the avoidance of that, Dave's, Dave's wife was lovely. She is, of course. We should clarify um, that. She's far nicer than Dave. It would never be her to have an accent yes. as rough as his either. <laughs> but yes, I, uh, I imagine he's sort of like handed the baby and, and is therefore unable to do the part. But at work, he's able to go off and write these long emails and do these diagrams. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fairly comprehensive, but it covers a lot of what we've talked about. I think his his main thing is we're missing long stuff as well, and it's not really working with Shelby, which is fair enough. So I think we'll do. Let's do some Twitter questions now. If you could fill for a minute while I get this up, is your brother eating any more odd things on first dates? Uh, not as far as I'm aware. Be really helpful. Let's have a course it. for. Um... No, I won't complete that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we tweeted out earlier, recording a new Natter tonight, are there any positives to discuss? Because we know we have been a bit negative lately. One Up Gaming says, the kit's okay. Fair enough, I think. Yeah, yeah, kit's all right. Guy Abrahami says, only 32 games left in the season. Right, yeah. Is that, I guess, doesn't feel like a few games. Plus, they might be our last Premier League games for a while. I think, you know, the other, if you're being genuine, you know, another way of looking at it is, you know, there's still 32 games to play. Yeah, that's true. CT1 Joe says, I didn't think Carroll looked too bad when he came on, to be fair. Uh, if he means, I mean, he's persisting with the ponytail, isn't he? Yeah. Long time he's he's gone with that as a look. Has he always had it though? Didn't uh, he had cornrows for a while with us, didn't he? He's not afraid to mix. Yeah, it up. he did. Yeah, he did. Um, I think he looks all right. There was a lot of excitement when he came on. And yeah, that was nice that there was that brought an atmosphere, and you did sort of remember, you know. If we can get it into the box, if we can get balls into the box, then it's, it's the anticipation of the what he could do. Yeah, if he's anything that he did do. if he's able to hit the levels he has earlier in his career, then he will be by far our best player. I would say, certainly attackingly. So that is. That is a reason to be optimistic, but it's very unlikely with the amount of injuries that that's going to happen. I think it's very unlikely that he will be a a regular starter. Yeah, I agree. But if he can be a regular substitute, if he can be a sort of like, in, I know he wasn't a substitute, but in, in the way that Ledley King was for Spurs for yeah. years, someone who like didn't, didn't train they were able to haul him out and he could do a job for them. I mean, Andy Carroll, he's not going to, pace was never a big thing for him. No. He's not going to lose his touch, I would hope, and he's not going to lose his strength. So, 
if he can uh, frighten defenders for 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, I uh, think bringing him, on, game, then, bringing him on towards the end of games, I think there's definitely nothing wrong with having that. And with his injury record, it's not like it's a player you have to keep happy if they're not starting games. He sort of knows exactly what he's going to get. So that is that yeah. is a positive, I think. David Money, at Dam underscore 1973, says, We didn't lose. And actually, Brighton at home last season, we did lose. So are we, are we better than last season? Clearly. Mm. Now, we are, on points, we are doing better than we were at this stage last season. Yeah. Um, yes, we didn't lose. Yes, if we're going to survive, or certainly if we're going to uh, have as good a season as we'd like, then these are the sort of games where we need to get three points from and not one. Yes. But um, at least we didn't capitulate. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a game we could have easily yeah. lost. Thomas Birkin asks, when was the last time you enjoyed being a Newcastle fan? I think Spurs away. Which wasn't, that was only a couple of weeks ago. Actually, the Liverpool game I kind of enjoyed as well. Do you remember that Ginola goal in <laughs> Europe? Against Ferran Schwarz. Where, he, where he, he, he thighed it and then volleyed it. Yeah. I think then. Is that the last time you enjoyed it? I've been to games with you no, and that's not enjoyed it. No, I'm being facetious. Um, yeah, Spurs was good. Um, yeah, there's always there's always things to enjoy. Yeah, but the last the last time that I felt like uh, consistent positivity about Newcastle, yeah, was probably sort of the last time we were in the championship. It was at least enjoyable. But yeah, still the awareness that you're in the championship and all is. Premier League-wise, well, really. I don't think it's been positive consistently since we had the front three of Barr, Cissé and Ben Arthur. No, I mean, since the season we finished fifth. I mean, that was... I know a lot of... There's a lot of listeners probably are quite a bit younger than us. So, you know, I still fresh in my mind are the Keegan days and all that. Yeah. But... The, but uh, I'm genuinely, consistently feeling positive about the team. When we had Kabai and Teote at their best, controlling that midfield, um, I thought that was uh, that was a team you could be proud of. Yeah, Go you on. kind of felt like we could give anyone a game. I don't think we've had that for a while. Anthony Gerrard asks: Can we illegally prorogue the season? It's worth a go, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's worth a try. Because if it ends now, we're safe. I don't think anyone's under any illusions that finishing... Like, we're looking to finish 17th, really, aren't we? Anything above that's a bonus. I still... I'm still... Just because I know how seasons can go. The last few seasons... 
the last few seasons of the podcast, most of the season has been talking about the likelihood of us going down. Yeah. Where Dave is, by the way, in his email, he's currently at 60%, which is 60% chance of us going down, which I is I, I, you know, not a, a ludicrous thing to say. No. I'm more 60% of us staying up. I don't necessarily have a, a, a decent rationale for it, but, you know, that's just sort of hunch. I'll tell you what worries me. Seasons have gone. We've talked a lot about us going down and then ended up finishing at sort of 11th or something. I think what hasn't happened so, in those seasons, which has mm. this, I took a look at the odds for relegation from the Premier League at the moment, yeah. and we're the favourites to go down. And it feels Are like we that's actually the ne- favourites. We're the favourites to go down. That's wow. sort of, more. So- and they're usually, they're definitely across more than me and you in terms of how they make their decisions. I saw that and thought, oh, maybe we are screwed. And then you remember, oh, yeah, we've got Steve Bruce. Mm. So I'm more worried than I was. Villa were were more likely than us. I think Villa, I think Villa are more likely. They've, two games they've lost. Watford have had a terrible start. Yeah. But yeah, Sheffield United and Norwich. Yeah. Are both doing all right. Although Norwich are actually only just above us. Yeah, well, they win or lose, don't they? Depending on home or away. But we've, Watford just got beat 8-0 and we're still the favourites to go down. I think that's quite telling. I think Watford are generally considered to have a better squad than us. They've just had a terrible start for whatever reason. Um. Brighton, their new manager, Potter, a lot of people speak highly of him, don't they? Yeah, I thought they looked really good. If they had a decent finisher, then it could have been 2 or 3 nil. Sheffield United have had a good start. Bournemouth yeah. had a really good start. Burnley have had an alright start. Everton aren't doing well, but they're not going to go down. No, there's possibly three teams worse than us. It depends. I think Norwich might capitulate a bit, but I sort of hope not, because at least they're trying to play decent football. I think Sheffield United seem quite decent. You're looking at Villa, maybe Palace, but then probably us. I would say Dave's 60% feels pretty right on to me. Uh, Jake Sansom on positive yeah. says you would our hope possession that maybe at- Sheffield sorry you would hope that maybe Sheffield United have just had a nice little start but they're going to crumble yeah who knows yeah, Jake Sansom <laughs> says our possession figures at the weekend was, uh, our possession at the weekend was in double figures so that is a positive and I think that's <laughs> Bedford Mag says how long has Bruce got before he has to go and how I likely will it get... be that we go down again? Okay, well, we just discussed that. I, I feel like, yes, I am being a bit optimistic if I say 40% chance of going down. So I'm going to change it to 50-50. And um, what was his other question? Uh, how long has Bruce got before he has to go? I think many would say that he has to go now, although we don't know who would get we get in his place. But I, I think he'll get the whole season. Yeah, 
I think you look at McLaren, the parallels are all there and we acted too late with him because I think Charnley especially seems scared to sack managers that he's had to put his reputation on the line to hire, telling Ashley that they're a great progressive manager. I mean, Bruce might be good enough to keep us up, but it's in a way it's good that we've got a terrible manager because it at least brought the problem of Ashley's stewardship forward more. They're sort of like, I mean, the inclination towards English managers is sort of odd, really, isn't it? You'd think that they would have, you know, managers who already have a lot of baggage in uh, England. Yeah. You know, and, a, and, a, and even managers who already have a lot of baggage with Newcastle fans. You'd think that they would, you know, be more likely to to go for some manager with a from Europe who's who is an unknown quantity yeah. to most Newcastle fans. Especially when that's our tactic with sort. signing players. Yeah. It does seem odd. And big news, Fergus. On Twitter, mm. one of our followers, Reverend Joe Kinsella. I think we asked mm. the other week if he's actually a reverend. Big news. Firstly, yep, I'm a yes. real proper grown-up rev. I'm a vicar up north near York, but I'm a bit of a crap vicar, not really very holy or anything, and I've often thought that perhaps Mike Ashley is some sort of divine judgment, so, you know, sorry about that. But does this mean we have, we have a clergyman listener? That's exciting. Yeah. Right, that's exciting, but also... He's just admitted he's a, he's a shit clergyman. Yeah. Was he do? not very holy? So he's basically, yeah, I'm a vicar. I'm not, <laughs> not very religious. This sounds like a bet me and you had years ago or months ago. We were saying, how long yes. do you think if he really <laughs> put the time and effort into it? Yes, we were, we were, he said near York. We were on a, a sightseeing bus tour of York. On Dave Stagdale. Uh, Weirdly. On Dave Stagdo, me and uh, me and Paul disappeared to go on a sightseeing <laughs> bus, and um, and I said to you, if I really put my mind to it, put all my efforts into it, genuinely, from now, how long do you think it would take me to become a bishop, and could I achieve that aim? <laughs> and you genuinely said, I don't think you were just appeasing me. You thought I could do it in eight years. Yeah. Easy. I mean, I mean that would be a real uh, kicking, kicking the teeth for uh, for people like Reverend Joe Kinsella. Well, he, have, he does uh, admit uh, he's a bit of a crap vicar. Sure, but to have some Johnny Come Lately non-believer like myself show up <laughs> and end up bishop in eight years. Yeah, I think I think you could do it. I think you'd you'd have the ambition that you probably wouldn't see from a a clergyman because you'd be going, I've got to make bishop. That's all I've got to do. But the Reverend Joe Kinsella also says, on the positives of following NUFC, well, we're not on the brink of going out of business, which at the moment is quite a positive when you look at Berry and Bolton. And we're not alone. And probably in- a few other clubs that will happen to. Yeah. And we're not alone in being a club without any obvious drive to achieve. There is that. And there's always the positive that mm-hmm. one day it will be better. Ashley, one day will go and we, the fans, will remain. I think it's 
That's a very that true. That's true. You can't argue with a man of the cloth. And I'm not going to start now. To be fair, I think he's a, a better uh, clergyman than he gives himself credit for because yeah. he's just given me some inner peace there. If there's any other so clergyman listening, do get in touch. Mm. And I think there's not really happy much to else. Go on a tour, happy to go on a tour of um, <laughs> yeah. religious venues. Not much to talk about except the game coming up at the week. We're on TV again. Who is scheduling this and have they ever seen us play? It's incredible. We are not a televisual feast, but we're on Sunday 4.30 away at Leicester. Yeah. What's she thinking? Well, they look all right, don't they? Yes, I think they're going to be top four this season. You reckon top four? I think top four. I think they'll be above Arsenal and above Man U. And, well, Chelsea, it's going to be Chelsea or Leicester for fourth, I think. Wow. Yeah. They are third now. Madison looks great. They're third now and they've already played Man U, Chelsea and have they played Liverpool or Man City, one of those? They've played top teams already and been unlucky well, in those games. Perez is no longer a guaranteed starter for them, is he? No, I think, I think, I think he did start against Spurs. But I think Perez starts every season slowly as well. So I think if you're a Leicester fan, you shouldn't be too worried about him not setting the league alight yet. I mean, that would be typical. It feels like yeah. all our most maligned players end up getting moves to bigger clubs and doing quite well eventually. Yeah, like, we look at Danny so Simpson. Terrible. We weren't that annoyed to lose him, and he has a Premier League winner's medal now. Yeah. Crazy. Anyone would think we keep on getting shit managers. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be a tough game, I think, isn't it? My, I think, yeah. though, if you look at the way we've played, our best performances this season have been Spurs away and then probably Liverpool away. They're the ones where we've looked most decent so I think mm. in a way because we don't know what to do when we have to break teams down away at Leicester who will have most of the ball probably suits us better I still think we'll lose but I think it'll be a sort of spirited 2-1 I wouldn't be surprised if we get a point I think it's weirdly at the moment it's a better game for us to have than say Villa at home I completely see your logic, and you may well be right. Um, I was going to go to 2-0, mm-hmm. but I've been persuaded. Yeah, I think I think 1-1. 1-1. One, one. One, one. Mm. Well. Yeah, why not? Yeah. No, 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. I like it. Yeah, that feels that feels like as positive an outcome as we can probably get. Yeah, it's not all relentless negativity following this team. Just a good fair chunk of it is. Yeah, and would uh, you? Well, so you were saying, do you think would you drop Almiron if Saint Maximin is fit? Yeah, definitely. If Saint Maximin is fit, which I think he probably isn't fit to start, I would ju- I would drop Almiron. But assuming it's not fit to start, 
I don't see anyone else that I wouldn't drop Almiron for uh, Muto, for example. No, I agree with you there. Th- it would be great if Longstaff was back for this, but if not, I don't think Shelby can start this game if we're playing five at the back. So you would put Key in? I'd put Key or, or, or Sean Longstaff if he's fit, which I think he might be. He's definitely back in training. I'd go Key right. or either of the Longstaffs ahead of Shelby. Yeah, fair enough. Fair, Shelby was, again, doing his thing of playing a bad pass and then throwing his arms up in exasperation yeah. at his fellow teammates. I mean, it's no wonder that he's he's cons- he's got a bit of a bad reputation. Yeah, I, mean, I think... He, there was a time when he was playing really well for us and there were clamours for him to be in the England squad. But Gareth Southgate just wasn't into it I think because he's he's not a good influence he's not he's just got a bad attitude I just don't think we can play in a way that suits him I could see if we went back to 4-2-3-1 the way we had Teote and Kabai together I think that can work with Hayden and Shelby better than yeah the way we set up now but I think the way he's been playing, it's not worth changing the whole team to fit it around Shelby. I would rather we sold him in the transfer window and bought in a, a midfielder that better suits our team. I would even take Modi Army back in the team at the minute. Where is Modi Army? Uh, I can't he's remember gone, where he went he? to. Yeah, he went. We wouldn't give him a two-year contract. We do still have Henri Saive on the books. Yeah, I don't think he's in our Premier League squad, though. No, but that's that's another... We were talking about Jack Colback the other week. Oh, of course, yeah. And there's Henri Saive. Do you remember when Henri Saive was last season, wasn't it, when he just showed up for 10 minutes? He was really good. If it was last season or the one before, he had a really good game, I think, against West Ham and scored. He just showed up and scored a free kick or something. Yeah. And disappeared again. And then went. Maybe he should do that again. Mm. Mm. Was it, it was a little bit when, like when Cher popped up with uh, her number one single Believe <laughs> I thought you were talking it. about Fabian Cher no no I was talking about the singer Cher <laughs> oh dear alright well I think on that Cher bombshell we should probably call it mm. a day and we will hopefully be back next week to dissect our amazing victory at Leicester yeah well thank you very much to you the natter listeners thank you fergus cheers bye and we'll speak to you all soon goodbye this is a playback media production to listen to all our football podcasts visit playbackmedia.co.uk sports social podcast network Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.